If you have a Bible, please open to Joel chapter 2. I was just thinking about how so often we've seen lives rebuilt. And I don't know about you, but I like watching those renovation shows. Do you like any of those? You know, where they, they... they find an old house and they do it up and that sort of stuff. I love that. I've seen many of those through the, through the months and years. And they take something that is old, broken down, not functioning, and it's restored. And that's God's plan for our life. He wants to restore our lives to us. But it's interesting <coughs> that his aim is to restore. When they renovate these things, they want to restore it to the, the original splendor. You know, so if it's a hundred-year-old Uh, house they want to restore it so it was like when it was first built but the interesting thing is they don't put hundred year old plumbing in it and they don't put hundred year old electrics in it because they don't they don't just restore it to what it once was they restore it to what it should have been they they make it better than the original when they restore it and that's God's plan for our life not to make you what you once were but to make you what you should have been What he planned for you all along. That's real restoration. So, why do you need restoration? Let me read for you Joel chapter 2, verse 25 to 26. In the book of Joel says this, the Lord says, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten, the swarming locusts, the hopper, the destroyer, the cut of my great army which I sent among you. Now that original prophecy was given about locusts. I mean, actual locusts, but it has implications for all of us because sin is a locust. Many other things are locusts that eat our lives. Then it says this, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Join me in prayer. Father, I just pray that you will just open this scripture up that we would learn about what restoration is. And Father, that we would see this incredible thing operating in our life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the Hebrew word for I will restore, the Hebrew word is salam, which, is, which comes from the, the root. It means a covenant of peace. It comes from the root, the same root as the word shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace. So when God said he's going to restore to you the years the locusts have eaten, it's a covenant word. Now, you know what a covenant is? A covenant is where, where two sides make a deal. And they say, okay, well... If you do this, then I'll do this. And so it's part of a covenant relationship. And uh, it's a two-way street of covenant. Now, every one of us has years that we have lost. We heard about some of those here this morning. And uh, I know I've walked that journey with Fiona and and Sky related to us. These years that were lost, that just disappeared in all of the, the, the drugs and other stuff that was going on. But sin is a locust. It eats everything of value. And if, if you, have you ever seen a locust plague? Have you ever gone out and seen what these guys can do? They look very cute, really. But if, if you let them loose, they come in swarms, millions of them, and they destroy everything, every living plant. It ruins crops. It destroys wealth and provision. Locusts eat everything that can be eaten. They're like a teenage boy. They just, they just sweep everything up and eat everything. You know, teenage boys eat everything except Brussels sprouts. I reckon if you put Brussels sprouts in a field full of locusts, they would still be there at the end because nobody, including locusts, likes Brussels sprouts. But if you look back at your life, your relationship, your ministry, we have all made bad decisions, have we not? We, you know, we've all made dumb decisions. We've all sinned. 
We've all lost, sometimes a little, sometimes a, a lot of time, sometimes decades of time. Sometimes we didn't sin, maybe somebody else did, as Fiona related, somebody else did something, but it took a piece of her for a long period of time. And I'm here today to tell you that God wants to restore the years the locusts have eaten in your life. That's what he's doing this morning. The years of sin, pain, hurt, disappointment, he wants to restore those things in your life. You can't get lost time back, but restoration means to make it as if the years of neglect never happened. So what kind of things does God actually promise you? I was thinking about which area does he promise to restore things in? Well, let's have a look at a few of them. Restoration of prosperity. Now, we've got to get this right. Prosperity is not just money, folks. It's the whole of your life. You know, James says that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. So it's your soul prospering. It's, it is money, but it's much more than that. It's your whole life. And some of you um, have never had financial wealth, but some have. And some have certainly suffered financial loss and hardship. Um, you probably know, I've said it before, that Fiona and I suffered a tremendous uh, financial loss where we lost everything, everything we had, including our home and everything else. But God was in the, in the business of restoring it. And I remember quite clearly God promising me that he would restore the, our finances one day. Now, if you think of a biblical example of this, I want you to flip over to the book of Job. Job was a successful businessman. He was wealthy. He had a, a great family. He had all of the, great health, all this sort of stuff. And it was all taken from him, not because of anything he did, but because God was using him as an example. And his wife said in Job chapter 2 verse 9, she said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Just curse God and die. Just get it out of the way. And many of us have been at that point where we think, well, if I only died, it would probably be better than what I'm going through now. But that's not true. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. It is always going to get better. If you trust in the Lord, it's not an option because he can restore those years to you. And when we lost all our money, I couldn't understand it. I didn't know what was happening. I was like Job. It didn't make any sense. We lost everything, our home and this sort of stuff. But I stood in faith like Job did. And, and I said, God, you're going to have to restore this. And he's doing that right now. In fact, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Though he slay me, though he kills me, I'm not going to stop hoping in my God. And that's a basis for restoration right there. Can you trust God even when everything physically seems to be against you? Can you trust God when circumstances don't make sense? If you can trust in God, no matter the circumstances and no matter the cost, he can and will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. If you go to the end of the book, chapter 42, you find out that Job was blessed more in the latter days of his life than he was in the beginning. 14,000 sheep. I don't know what I'd do with 14,000 sheep. But he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. I don't know what you do with that. But if you've suffered loss, I can tell you, it's time to believe that God will restore the years the locusts have eaten. You do not have to sit there and just eke away. God can restore those years to you. What about relationships? Restoration of relationships. Many of us have had broken relationships in the past. We've had people that we've loved, people who've hurt us, 
And maybe you've gone through a breakup or a divorce, maybe a child that is estranged from you and the family, or a friend that let you down, or a church that hurt you. All of us know what broken relationships are, and God can restore broken relationships where applicable. Now, what's a good biblical example of this? Well, you can't go past Joseph. Remember Joseph back in the book of Genesis? Joseph, you know, he had a technicolor dream coat and he had a superior attitude. And he told his brothers, well, you're all going to bow down to me one day. And they loved him so much for that, they were going to kill him. But then they just sold him into slavery and forgot about him. Well, years later, the, the dream came true. There they are bowed in front of him. And when Joseph reveals himself, the brothers are terrified because they think, man, we sold this guy into slavery. We ruined his life. What's he going to do to us now? He knows that we are us and he is in this position of absolute power. But Joseph says this in Genesis 50, 19. Joseph said to them, do not fear for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Bringing, about the, bringing it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So you look at Jacob and Esau had a severance in their relationship. They were restored. You look at Joseph and his brothers, <coughs> Paul and Barnabas. Conflict is inevitable. You're, you're going to have conflict with someone somewhere at some time. But if you are humble enough and if you listen to the Lord with a spirit of reconciliation, restoration is always possible. So if you've had someone that you're estranged from, someone that, that, that your relationship with has been broken, then you need to pray and believe God because he can restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen there. What about your reputation? Oh yeah, this one's a hard one because, you know, oftentimes you feel like people are looking at you and pointing. Aha, uh-huh, look at you. Sometimes it's due to something you've done or not done. Other times it's due, it's a false accusation. You haven't done anything and people turn on you and accuse you of a bunch of different stuff you've never done. And it is tempting when someone attacks your reputation, it is tempting to fight back, is it not? It's tempting to say, well, hey, wait a minute, that's not right and try and defend yourself. Many of you here have experienced this. I know you have. But... Um, I have learned over the years to give God my reputation and let him sort it out. When Jesus was falsely accused, when they were attacking him, when he was about to be crucified, he didn't say a word. Why? Because the circumstances were going to vindicate him very soon. He didn't have to defend himself. And I really think there's a key here. When someone attacks your reputation, don't turn on them. Don't take them to court for slander. Just let God sort it out. Psalm 43 verse 1, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me. I don't know about you, but I've many times had my reputation attacked. Is anybody here like that? Have people say all this stupid stuff about you? In fact, this has happened quite recently. You've heard about the miracle that we've had uh, here with Lily House um, that, that a man gave $700,000 for Lily House to buy this so that we could buy what's happening in Atnambul. You're aware of that, right? Well, there is a certain person, uh, a bitter ex-member of this church, who is telling people that Darren and Fiona have stolen $700,000 from Lily House. I don't have to defend myself in that because it's too stupid for words. I don't have to answer that. You know the truth. I know the truth. 
more importantly, God knows the truth and I have to hand it over to him. 1 Peter 2 says this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak evil against you as, uh, speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. You see, the thing is, if you keep behaving honorably, then it doesn't matter what the, after a while, the rumors just fall off you and God restores your reputation. Not you, God restores your reputation. And I've experienced that many a time. What about time? Sometimes we, we lose time. You know, we just heard testimony of, of great swathes of years that have been lost. How does God restore time? Well, the thing is, if you're dealing with a debilitating illness or, or a sin that is on top of you or an addiction, or so, it is going to steal great, huge passages of time. It really is. And uh, you don't get to rewind. When God says he's going to restore it, you don't get to rewind it and do it again. Wouldn't you love a rewind button on your life? I would love that. That would be so great. You know that investment you made that went south? <laughs> Let's do it again. You know? That would be fantastic, but we don't get rewind buttons. Charles Spurgeon said this, lost years can never be restored literally. Time once passed is gone forever. You cannot have your time back. But there is a strange and wonderful way in which God can give back to you the wasted blessings, the unripened fruit of years over which you have mourned. The fruit of wasted years may yet be yours. And that's our message to the Lily House girls. Yes, decisions have been made. Yes, you've had these, these black holes that have just eaten up your time. But if you come to Christ, the years can be restored. The fruit of those years can come back to you. Remember, being restored is as if the years of neglect never happens. That's why when he says, I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. Even if they're as a result of your bad decisions. You might say, well, you know, I, I made some really bad decisions. God's not going to restore that, isn't he? I reckon he is. If you come to Christ, he will. You look at King David. He made some colossally bad decisions. He committed adultery. He committed murder. He lied. All this sort of stuff. But when he repented, he was able to say, restore to me the joy of my salvation. When he repented. This is the same David that wrote this in Psalm 34. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who, he, who fear him and delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And I tell you that this morning. If you haven't tasted recently the Lord, I'm telling you he's good. And he can restore your life in, a, in an incredible way. God saved David from his enemies. His, even his own misfortune, God saved him from it. And he can do the same for you today. What about ministry? So many times we've lost ministry opportunities. But God says he can restore ministry. There's a certain disciple by the name of Peter. Remember him? He made a boast to Jesus. He said, they might all leave you, but I'll never leave you. And then he, remember this story, he denied his, his Lord three times. Three times they said, aren't you with that Galilean guy? Oh, no, I don't know who that is. And he denied him three times. And the last time he got eyesight with Jesus and Jesus looked at him and the cock crowed, the rooster crowed. You remember that story. But later on, when Jesus was resurrected, he met with Peter, this same Peter. 
And he said to him three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter three times says, yes, I do. But then it says, he, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Why did he ask him three times? Because Peter had denied him three times. And so he asked him three times so that he could show him that, that he can cancel out those bad decisions. He can restore the life that's gone down that wrong path. If they come back and, and, and repent, he can restore. Peter then goes out. He becomes an incredible leader in the church. And he preaches, and how many people come to Christ? 3,000. So there were three denials, followed by three questions, followed by three calls to feed his flock, and then he goes out and he leads not three people to Christ, but 3,000 people to Christ. 1,000 times. I reckon that's an amazing story. And Peter later on writes this, 1 Peter 5.10, And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. There's that word restore. Now the Greek word that Peter uses for restore is the word katatio, which means to repair what is broken, to fit it together perfectly, to gather and to make it perfect. So you may have been out of church, you may have been out of ministry, you may have been out of circulation for a long time, but I'm telling you, if you've been away from God, whatever the reason, your sin someone else's sin your issues whatever it is I'm telling you that he can restore the years the locusts have eaten by restoring it means fit it back together perfectly the years the locusts have eaten see make it as if the years of, 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 of pain all the years of heartache all the years of loss have never happened he can restore your dreams. He's into restoration of dreams. How many of you had a dream in your heart of something you wanted to be when you were young? Did you have that dream? You might have wanted to be a fireman or a, you know, I don't know, a rock star or something. I've still got that dream, <laughs> sadly. That's <laughs> what you get. It comes with the guitar. You get a dream of being a rock star. But many times we let our dreams go. They get taken from us and they never come back. The exiles of Israel were, were in Babylon, shattered dreams, destroyed. And Jeremiah writes these words, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. These people are in prison in another country without hope. And he says, I will give you hope. But then as you read on, he says this a few verses later, I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and all the places where I've driven you. I will restore your fortunes. What does that mean? It means those dreams you once had, I will restore them. Those desires you once had in your heart, I will restore them. So let me ask you, what dreams do you have in God that are shattered, that lay destroyed? Maybe today you're sitting here saying, man, I had this dream and it's just destroyed. It's been destroyed for years. Well, I'm telling you, if your dream is of God, it's not destroyed, it's hibernating. And it's waiting for a chance, lying dormant now, but waiting for a chance to come back. And remember, God's restoration is better. When the Bible talks of restoration, it doesn't make you what you were. It makes you what you should have been all along. Restoration is always abundance beyond measure. So let me wrap it up by just running through four simple steps of how you can start your restoration today. We've heard from the testimony of these two ladies 
We've heard of how God can restore the years the locusts have eaten. And some of you here, you might love God, you've been to church, but there's big holes in your life that shouldn't ought to be there. And I believe God can restore those. Do you? Restoration is not a passive process. If you want to restore a car or a house, it takes time, effort, and resources. But if you see it through, the wasted years can be restored. And remember, he doesn't make you what you once were. He makes you what you should have been all along. So let me tell you four things about restoration. Restoration takes time. It takes time to restore something. You know, I've watched people putting these houses together, you know, you know, restoring these old homes and stuff on the TV. It takes time, a lot of time. And it takes time to restore your life as well. Restoration always takes time. But the restoration is worth the time invested. Ephesians 5 says this, Look carefully then as to how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. So how are you using your time? What are you spending your time on? If you're spending more time in Facebook than the Word of God, you're not restoring the right thing. You know, if you invest time, more time in the television set than you do in, in listening to, to, you know, Christian teaching or Christian music and that sort of stuff, you're not investing it in the right place. You have to invest the, your time in the right place, in your quiet times, in your time alone with God. Fiona said she didn't know what a quiet time was. And she actually had to scale it back to fit a quiet time in. Isn't that a good testimony? You know, I, I, I went through the same thing at around about the same time. And I, I went to a navigator's course and they said, they said, here's a pamphlet, seven minutes with God. We'll see how you went next week. I went back to next week. They said, how'd you go? I said, I failed miserably. And they said, well, you really need to do it. I said, no, no, I can't scale it back for seven minutes. It's already like three quarters of an hour. And they went, really? You know, because we had this hunger in our heart for God. And see, if you invest your time there, you will reap a reward. The second thing is that restoration takes devotion. Devotion is the hallmark of those who lovingly restore things. It, it, takes, it takes effort. It takes They don't chuck these old houses together. Have you ever seen a re, like one of those restoration programs where they just say, oh, what do you reckon? Oh, I reckon we can probably whack up a wall. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, don't paint it very much. You know, she'll be right, mate. They don't say that. They're lovingly restoring it. They put lots of effort into it. And they carefully choose the colors and the fittings and all that sort of stuff. I think of Acts 2.42, which says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. They devoted themselves. They expended energy. They, they invested time, money, energy, everything into those things. See, getting, see, you can come to church week in and week out, but I want to encourage you this. If you want restoration in your life, get involved. There's lots of stuff. If you have a heart, ladies, if you've had a heart for what you've heard this morning about Lily House, and I can tell you, it's one of the most powerful and beautiful ministries that you will ever see. If you have a heart for that, then come and see me afterwards because I know that there, there will be things around that you can do. Just get involved. Christianity's not a spectator sport. You've got to be on the field. And if you want your life restored, don't just sit back, dive in and be a part of what God's doing. Restoration also takes commitment. You can sit around and wish that things were going to get better, but it's not going to work unless you actually do something, unless you're a doer of the word instead of a hearer. 
you know, you can strategize about how you're going to reclaim bits of your life and you can try your hardest. We heard Sky share this morning, you know, I, I just thought I needed more determination. She didn't need determination. She needed God. That's what restored. That's what's starting. And she's not there. She's got lots to go. But I'm telling you, God's going to restore something beautiful in this young lady's life. Israel's most successful king Solomon said this let your heart therefore be wholly true to the Lord so it's going to take a commitment wholehearted devotion as uh, Paul writes to Timothy at the end of his life I fought the good fight I've finished the race I've kept the faith have you kept the faith it takes effort to do it but I tell you if you do that then you can have whole years decades of your life restored that's his promise to you this morning and the fourth thing is restoration starts with a decision. You can sit here and listen to someone's testimony, but nothing is going to replace you saying, I've had enough. Devil, I've had enough. I want those years back. I want that relationship back. I want those things that have been lost. I want them back. And I'm not going to sit around and take no for an answer. I'm going to take these to God. But you've got to get mad about it sometimes. You've got to say, devil, enough. You don't have to put up with that loss in your life because he promises that he will restore the years the locusts have eaten. So I want to encourage you right now to have a look at your life and decide for yourself what you want to do because it takes a decision. Right now, some of you are sensing something in your spirit and you're going, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do anything embarrassing. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or anything today because this is very personal. Some of you have lost years of your life in a dead-end situation. Could be a dead-end job, dead-end marriage, dead-end church. I don't know. Some of you, you have lost years of your life, and it's between you and God. But it will not change until you decide that you've had enough and you want those years restored. So take a few moments. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Just take a few moments. Have a look at your life, all that you've been through, all that's been done to you, all that you've struggled with, the things you've lost, the ministry you've lost, the dreams you've lost. I'm going to ask you to look at your life and ask the Lord to indicate what he wants to restore. Just pick one, pick a big one. And say, Lord, I ask you to restore the years the locusts have eaten. But it all starts with a decision. It all starts with you saying, you know what? Enough. Enough. I don't want to do this anymore, devil. I don't want to go round and round and round the same mountain. Have you got that in your mind? What is it? Have you got it in your mind? You don't have to speak it out. I just want you to search your heart. What is it that's been taken? Maybe it's your reputation. Maybe it's a home or money or friends or family. But picture that in your mind. And I want you to pray these words with me. Say, Lord, say it out loud with me. Say, Lord. I've had enough of loss. 
And I ask you, Lord, to restore the years the locusts have eaten in my life. Lord, I pledge that I will devote myself to you and I will trust you for the restoration. Not myself, not my efforts, but you. Lord, you've heard the prayers of people in this, in this room. So many people, so much loss. Lord, I pray that you would stand true to your word and restore those years to those who are struggling with that. Lord, I pray that you will restore the relationships broken that you want to see restored. I pray, Lord, that you will restore the fortunes. Lord, you would restore the dreams. Lord, that you would restore the ministries of people who maybe once had something and lost it. Will Lord make it better than ever? Because restoration doesn't make it what it was. It makes it what it should have been all along. And Lord, we just commit ourselves to you. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is poured out in our lives that allows us to have a life restored. And we give you the praise and glory.